Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Health Services Division podcast. I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services. Today, I'm joined with Laura Franco, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Compliance. Hi, Laura. Hi, Blake. How are you today? I'm doing great. Today, we've got a really exciting topic um, that we want to get into a little bit with Laura's direction over site and um, really enthusiastic implementation. We thought we'd take some time and talk about our um, telemedicine program and what that means to communities, why we think it's important to be doing it and looking into it. So we're, we're going to keep the conversation a little bit high level, but um, really informative, we hope, in this podcast around these these topics. So, Laura, maybe we start off by just saying, you know, why telehealth at all? Well, you know, we've been we've been looking at telehealth for a while, um, and and specifically because it's a way to reduce costs and bring the care right to the bedside from a physician service level, um, especially in those t- off hours, times, nights, weekends, holidays. Now, on top of that, what pushed us a little further along the, the the line to really jump in with both feet is the skilled nursing facility value-based purchasing program, where skilled nursing facilities are being um, either incentivized or penalized for their 30-day all-cause unplanned readmissions. Um, This was the first year of penalties or incentives that went along with this program. And what we know is that this program is going to go for an additional nine years after this year. And the actual target numbers for readmissions are being reduced and squeezed year after year after year. So the expectation is that we continue to reduce readmissions and eventually reduce all of those those ER visits also. So we went about this twofold. Initially, that, that we know it's the right thing to do, and we were really looking at it. And again, um, looking at the provider nation and the things that are, that are really driving our payment system and our care and our outcomes now um, in terms of, for example, the skilled nursing facility value-based purchasing program. Well, I think that's a great point, and and one of the things the the community and providers have had to pay attention to recently is how do I really manage that? Although it's been around since 2015, it's now coming full circle with the the penalty phase or the reward phase, we should say as well, with this value based purchasing system. So when we look around and identify what is causing those readmissions, I think a lot of times, Laura, we find ourselves operationally on nights, weekends, holidays, some of those off hours where physicians may not be readily available. The issue becomes calling the physician. They're, they may be at a soccer game or they're, they're one of their children's plays or whatever the case might be. And they're, they're reluctant to begin to diagnose the patient needs. So their answer is has been and continues to be in a lot of cases, why don't we just send the patient out to the emergency room and let the hospital deal with it? Because frankly, I just don't have time or don't want to put in the effort to come into the community. So when we think about those things, how, how much of an impact do you think it has on hospital readmissions when those types of incidents occur? 
Well, I think it probably has a pretty large effect on hospital readmissions, um, and not to mention the disruption to the to the resident. Um, just the whole process of having to go from the health center to a hospital, to a hospital ER, having to go through all of the tests that may or may not eventually lead to an admission, or bring you right back to the health center in your community. So there's a lot of a lot of disruption that happens in there. There's also a lot of staff time, which equates to dollars when you talk about that type of a process. So I think, you know, even just looking at this logically, Blake, you know, from especially those those um, weekends, holidays, and nights where it's a little bit tougher to get those eyes on because if we have to have eyes on someone, then you do have to take them to the hospital if the doctor needs to see them. With telemedicine and the programs that we're entering into, we bring those eyes right to the bedside. So through mobile and portable technology, um, we're able to have a virtual physician visit right at the bedside. And they've got all of the uh, all of the peripherals to take vitals to really coach the nurses through identifying whether this this issue on Sunday at 9 p.m. is emergent or if it can wait until the medical director is there doing rounds on Monday morning. Really dis- less disruption and if we can care for that person in that time frame without risk. So, so you really bring it back to that quality of care, quality of life piece for our residents in our health centers also. In addition, the, uh, the workload on the nurses, because it's significant amount of work for the nurses to uh, process someone going out and coming back. And again, if they're admitted on top of that, then there's a whole nother um, workload process that goes along with it. So I think from that perspective, you know, it, it's, it's a win-win all the way, Blake. Yeah, I would agree. And I think a lot of times we end up um, underestimating the actual skill levels of a lot of the nurses that we have working in communities. You know, they we've got RN coverage, LPN coverage. There's a lot of things they can do under a physician's direction um, using technology to be the physician in that room. Those nurses and their skills can um, triage. They can make sure that the resident gets what they need. They can they can stabilize them um, and and get them through the weekend. I think Laura, the statistic I saw last is it's it's north of sixty five percent of the residents that would typically go to the hospital visit can can be stabilized at the community level just simply using the resources of the telemedicine technology and whatever uh, services or um, assessments skills are available from the, that nursing staff. And I think that has a huge impact, don't you? I, I truly do. I truly do. And, you know, I, you know, I have to say, Blake, is, you know, some of the questions that we've gotten in the uh, introductory stages are, what about my medical director? What's my medical director going to think of this? What about the physicians? They, you know, they have ownership here um, in terms of they really care for our residents and they have a sense of ownership to be able to provide the care. So the feedback we've got from, from the companies that we're working with 
with in terms of telemedicine is, you know, once the physicians really understand what the, you know, the benefits of, of what we're bringing to the table through telemedicine, they embrace it wholly. Um, number one, it, it takes them out of the loop for having to respond 24-7 on weekends, holidays, you know, off hours. It gives them back that piece of their quality of life. In addition, there is um, there's a, a fully, fully integrated communication process, um, process where we get the information into the electronic medical record, a process whereas the um, telemedicine physicians communicate with the nurses um, post um, post a uh, an event where they have had to do a virtual physician visit, and they'll even communicate with the primary and the medical directors. So once we get through that initial, oh my goodness, what what what's going to happen to me, the medical director or the primary? Um, it's really really been a beneficial relationship, um, and and again, then it just increases that resident satisfaction on top of that. Yeah, it's almost like having a an attending physician on call at your fingertips. So if you're a if you're an attending physician, you want to go to one of those um, events with your family, you can you can feel comfortable going, and there will be somebody there to cover. So I think overall, when we talk about patient satisfaction, resident uh, awareness, um, or disorientation if they get transported, convenience to the physician pool, a medical director, and other attendings, and, and the convenience of the technology now is so robust, I, I think it's a win-win all around when you consider what the resident ultimately gets from this, as well as the community um, allowing people to stay where they are. And And the really neat thing, Laura, about this is it's not just health center. It, this technology can be applied whether you're in assisted living or memory care or independent living, right? That's right. That's right. You know, and, and with that, um, we haven't even touched on the opportunity from a marketing standpoint because it really provides an advantage for us to talk to families and give them better peace of mind because we have that ability to do a virtual eyes-on visit and and um, with the peripheral devices do some diagnostics there with the physician on the on those hours where we might not have that coverage. So from a marketing standpoint, there's an advantage in the marketplace to say, you know, we've gone above and beyond to make sure that we are going to care for our residents in our health center um, with with telemedicine as an adjunct to what we're doing. Um, in addition, it's gonna it's gonna increase and improve our outcomes, and it may even help our hospital referrals because we'll have tighter communication with physicians across the board. Yeah, so I think I, there's a lot of positives here that are are really difficult to walk away from when you think about deploying this into your own community. Um, it's a resource that's available. It's a, it's an opportunity to, um, you know, stabilize your population to some degree. It, it prevents those, those early discharges. And to Laura's point earlier, when she was talking about value-based purchasing, it, it helps with your value-based purchasing. So you're always 
um, in a much better place to to achieve those um, incentives and not be penalized for early hospital readmissions. So, Laura, can you think of anything else that that we haven't covered that would fit nicely into this podcast? You know, I think we've really covered it all, Blake. Uh, I, we're really, really excited to have the opportunity to um, offer this to our communities. So, uh, so it'll be great now. Um, that we're started, once we get started, to really be able to track our outcomes and come back and show those positive outcomes. Well, I agree. If you have any questions at this point, please feel free to reach out to anyone in the Health Services Division, uh, particularly Laura's coordinating this effort. So feel free to reach out to Laura Franco. Um, Laura, do you want to give them your contact information? Sure. You can uh, email me at francolaura at lcsnet.com or call me at 561-324-9117. Well, thanks, Laura, for, for being on the uh, program this morning. It's it's really exciting to see this stuff moving forward. Technology really is a game changer moving forward and look forward to opportunities in the communities to um, see some success stories coming out of this and uh, see where we can go with this in the future. Great. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, everyone, for joining the Health Service Division podcast um, in Laura and I talking about telemedicine today. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.